the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. some calming music. You know? I think it's going to be a quiet St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. And let's hear what... However, to provide extra support for American workers, families, and businesses, tonight I am announcing the following additional actions. I am instructing the Small Business Administration to exercise available authority to provide capital and liquidity to firms affected by the coronavirus. Effective immediately, the SBA will begin providing economic loans in affected states and territories. These low interest loans will help small businesses overcome so this is what everyone was waiting to hear caused by the virus. To this end, I am asking Congress to increase funding for this program by an additional $50 billion. And we're talking Using big bucks now, mm-hmm. I will be instructing the Treasury Department to defer tax payments without interest or penalties for certain individuals and businesses negatively impacted. This action will provide more than $200 billion of additional liquidity to the economy. Finally, I am calling on Congress to provide Americans with immediate payroll tax relief. Hopefully, they will consider this very strongly. We are at a critical time in the fight against the virus. We made a life-saving move with early action on China. Now we must take the same action. So, you know, but... The Wall Street wasn't happy with his, you know, what he was saying was going to have happened, Kerry. And, and we could see that because the market just continued to nosedive, mm-hmm. you know, the, the following the day following his address. Um, so, you know, and, and we have to make a little disclosure. We uh, we are actually taping this program on Thursday because of some family issues coming right. up with, where we can't do it on our normal time. 
Um, so I, I it, things are moving so fast. I have to, you know, uh, qualify our By anything we're talking about today, more or less where things will be 72 hours from today. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Now, so that was, but we've been talking about, is, is the government going to do something? Because, I, you know, we've been talking on this show, and again, you're listening to Financial Food for Thought. Carrie, I'm sure you'll introduce the show in a minute. You've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And if you listen to our show, you can always go back and listen to the podcast. But we've been saying all along that this coronavirus, there's the health threat, but maybe even a bigger threat is the economic threat. And what about the emotional threat in people's maybe reaction, regardless? Well, you know? do you think emotions drive the stock market at all? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tied or together. Or the lack of toilet paper, I guess. Yeah, well... <laughs> In stores? Uh, yeah. For the shortage? So, you know, you've got, uh, I mean, I can't believe the St. Patrick's Day Parade is canceled here. That's um, hist- and, well, um, that's historic, though. Has it ever been canceled? Not, not in, I can't recall a time in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you know, Boston canceled first, then Chicago, Cleveland followed, and then New York followed. So I, and those are all the biggies, uh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Dublin, Ireland canceled theirs, but of course that, you know, um, I wonder Philadelphia. Don't they have a big one too? I haven't heard of Philadelphia, but I'm sure in Philadelphia, if they had a parade, it's canceled. So, um, and you know, I, I don't even go through the list of all the cancellations, Carrie. It's a new world, right? Um, but so, but the the you know the the point is, we were saying you know the the, the Federal Reserve had announced weeks ago that their monetary policy alone wasn't enough to, you know, fend, uh, fend off the, the, the uh, risk uh, that was out there with this coronavirus economically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, you know, you're going to have to have some fiscal policy from the government, um, not only U.S. globally, right? Um, but everyone was waiting for what the U.S. fiscal response was going to be. And a lot of people are saying, why are you work? Why are you going so slowly? You know, the Fed cut 50, 50 uh, basis points. It didn't right? do anything. It didn't do anything. You know, that March 18th seems like a million miles away still when the next Federal Reserve uh, meeting. Right. Um, so, you know, and, and a lot of people when President Trump on that, you know, I played that clip from the the uh, his speech the other night or his address, I guess. A lot of people thought he looked bad or sounded bad, you know. Well, um, I'm sure he's tired, and, in yeah, all fairness. Yeah, and, <laughs> I'm sure he's got a lot on it, his plate. It didn't instill a lot of confidence uh, in Wall Street. I'm sure he um, hasn't slept much, I would guess. the uh, And he didn't, and, and basically because he... We don't know if any of those ideas he was talking about are going to happen. Right. They're ideas. You still need Congress to implement those ideas and get those passed. And if they do get them passed, it's going to be very expensive for the U.S. taxpayer. Right. Um, You know, they're saying right now, if all those things got passed... This uh, relief would 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 uh, dwarf the the relief that happened in 2008. Um, But but, at the same time, there's something has to get done. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Kind of in a catch 22. Did they learn anything from 2008? Maybe meaning, uh, you know, which which, by the way, sent the global uh, recession for 10 years. Right. Right. Um, You know, again, everything happens. You know, U.S. if U.S. goes down, the the, world, the world's over. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the, the idea is, did they learn that you better act big or quicker um, as opposed to waiting and then try to act big? Um, now, um, 
So we don't know. Now, now what does that mean when President Trump says that he wants IRS to extend the filing deadline? I mean, maybe we'll know in, in, in 24 hours if, if right. the IRS is going to do it or not, but I'm not even sure what that means. I guess it means that none of us have to pay anything. You know, normally you could get right. an extension on April 15th. But you still to had October to pay your 15th, taxes. But you had to pay your tax or liability or you, you would, an uh, estimate. you'd assess interest and, and perhaps uh, penalty. So he kind of Trump is saying, no, no, you know, I guess you don't even have to file an extension. It's just automatic. He didn't say how long is it to June 15th? Is it till October 15th, the normal extension date? But I think it's just so many unknowns right now because we really don't know the impact or of this virus. I mean, this is a huge unknown and it's unpredictable. It's hard to plan for. Right. And and. Right. (laughs) I mean, you're right, Mark. Every hour there's some news about some changes. Right. And and the payroll and the the payroll tax cut. I mean, I I, it's happening so quickly. All right. So, you know, I was listening to John Farrell, Bloomberg Television, interviewing his monthly interview with Larry Kudlow. You know, everybody loves Larry. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of one of President Trump's top financial spokespeople. Okay, Larry Kudlow. So um, every jobs day, you know, monthly, John Farrell Bloomberg interviews Larry. And so on the Friday, you know, last, you know, you know, before the weekend um, on the last jobs day, remember, it was a great jobs day. And everyone just said, Mm -hmm. who cares? We got a virus. Um, So the but he was he was mentioning Larry. He was bringing this out. He was saying, what is there's no direction from the government on what the fiscally they're really going to do other than wash your hands and, you know, stay home if you're sick. Um, and and yell at the Fed for not cutting more rates, right? And and so and and Farrell was prompting Larry, and one of the things he mentioned was a payroll tax cut. And he said, "Well, what about a payroll tax cut, Larry? How how would that work?" And so on the Friday, Larry Kudlow said, "Oh no way! The the administration is not thinking that direction because that is not proven to be a a real winner in the long run." Okay, doing the type of payroll. And what we mean by the payroll tax cut, that's when, you know, right now, you know, a certain amount of your pay goes into the Social Security tax and the Medicare tax. Right. And and if you're working for an employer, they put in half and you put in half. Right. Okay. Um, so combined, you know, that and and so when, a, when they say a payroll tax cut, that's when they suspend that. Mm-hmm. Don't they don't defer it. They suspend. I mean, it's just gone. They just stop it. They stop it. How, by the way, how does that help the Social Security coffers? When they do that, Karen? it doesn't. Now, we don't have a problem with Social Security, do right? We? Um, and I, I don't but, know. I, I don't know. Anyways, back to my story. So right. Larry Kudlow came out and said, "No, we're not thinking along those lines." The Tuesday after that Friday interview, here right. is here is Larry's quote: "The payroll tax holiday is probably the most important, powerful piece of this." Well, maybe after that, somebody said, "Hey, maybe Larry, that's a good idea, and maybe we should look at that as a potential." I mean, but 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 I think it's it's a lack of confidence that is is the Trump administration just telling us anything. Well, I that, think and it's I don't just, know if any of it's true. Well, and I think maybe these are just ideas because either way they can't get implemented without Congress. So meanwhile, we have the Democrats, you know, the, the right. you know, Nancy Pelosi. So she's come out with their plan. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, so what did they, what do the Dems want to do? Um, well, they call it the Family First Coronavirus Response Act, you know, acronym F. I will FFCR. Okay. Uh, <laughs> gotta be careful of that. Um, be careful. Th- thank you, uh, sound engineer. Um, FFCR. Um, all right. Now, so what is this going to do? 
All right. Um, all right. Well, one, it's going to provide paid sick leave. Okay. So what do they mean by that? I was going to say, who's going to pay for it? The government? Well, Carrie, we are. I mean, I don't right, know. exactly. I mean, what they ask them how much is going to cost, and Nancy gave her a classic response. Well, it, it kind of like we don't know till we pass it. I mean, it, oh, it's, it's kind of like one of those. How did that work? See, out this for is us? emergency funding, Carrie. See, when 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 Congress determines it's emergency cash funding, they don't have to tell you how they're going to pay for it. Mm. It's not a pay go situation. Okay, where you you know typically if Congress, you mean being fiscally responsible? Um, it's emergency, Carrie. Um, now, so. We, the paid sick leave. So you're going to get um, three weeks of paid sick, you know, for uh, any employees, um, including, by the way, Carrie, independent contract contractors and the gig economy, the okay. Uber drivers. You know, right. um, so how are they going to manage that? I have no idea. But um, but anyways, three weeks if you are forced to take like a two week quarantine. Right. Because of you, you have the virus. OK, mm-hmm. so that's one. They also would have a widespread free testing, okay? And and I think Trump has got the insurance companies to say that, too, that right. they're not going to charge uh, any co-pays or, um, you know, ca- cause your deductible or anything. So they want that. Um, the third uh, leg of it was uh, it was going to have food aid, okay? So this is the difference between Trump's payroll tax cut that, right. uh, that everybody – I would think in. it sounds like it's going to be more costly. Um, now, it, in this case, there's a billion for food aid. Okay, so that's five hundred million for family nutrition but programs. But if you're paying people for the wages they're missing, if they're out of work, why are we paying for food on top of that? Uh, maybe for the people that don't work, anyways. But don't we do that? Well, we don't do enough of it. Okay, because we're going to do a billion more of it. Okay. Um, you know, so 500 million family nutrition program, um, 400 million. Because uh, you can make people buy food. which food, right? Make good food choices. Yeah, more <laughs> more food stamps for everyone. I mean, right? Well, okay. Yeah, and uh, you can make people, even though you give them more money for food, purchase the right foods. Yeah, if there were anything on the shelves in the grocery stores, right. I don't know. Um, but you know, um, I don't know if you can buy the toilet paper with the food stamps or not. Uh-huh. I assume you can. I would guess. Um, so, um, all right, and then, uh, you know, so you, you see the numbers there. And then the fourth leg of it, um, this is the Democratic plan that, that's, that's brewing in the House, um, is to boost the unemployment in, uh, insurance. You know, this is now money, this is the federal government giving money to the states, right? Because the states monitor the, the, mm-hmm. the unemployment trust funds. Um, and so they want to, you know, and they give them, give the states money. And, and so if we have an extended unemployment, you know, the unemployment checks keep coming out uh to you all right um now um by the way um isn't congress supposed to go on break right now they better not um so that's the other thing so why do they get breaks they're not in they're not in high school well, or they, they're not in college anymore they shouldn't get a spring break I don't know. maybe to, maybe they need a break after i think all they this. get too many breaks um all right so get us started here all right well good morning everyone you're listening to financial food for thought we are a financial educational radio talk program here every saturday morning between nine and ten we're here to give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life and what you can do and make you aware of planning strategies and concepts out there Um, we're sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is a fee-based ohio registered fiduciary planning firm what you think of as traditional financial planners objective 
number crunchers. And what we do is provide that role of an unbiased objective advisor and help people build custom financial plans so they know if they're working or in retirement what steps they should be taking, especially in times of economic uncertainty. It's more important now than ever to have a plan instead of making emotional um, or panic decisions, know how you are affected by this economic situation, what adjustments you need to make and how that affects the long term. We have some clients that we build a case. They really, based on their plan, the longevity of their plan, their spending, their plans that they had are not going to really be impacted and other people need to adjust, maybe um, make some changes to their plan and they know what they need to do. Even though they may be worried, they know what actionable steps, taking control of what you can control and what you can. Um, We've been around the greater Cleveland area more than 35 years and we are A rated and A plus rated of the Better Business Bureau and Angie's List and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have locations around the greater Cleveland area. We do offer a free consultation. And as an incentive, which I haven't done in a very long time, which I'm going to emphasize, we do consultations by phone or in person. So either way, I know sometimes people are being more cautious about meeting. Um, We can certainly do it by phone. We're still meeting people in person. Um, But for people who want to come and look at these issues and see if we can help or what value we can provide, um, you would receive if you decide to use our services and schedule by April 30th. So it gives you some time to get on the schedule, either a 10% discount off our retainer fees, or we also have hourly planning options for people who may want a little bit of help. You get two bonus hours and that's by April 30th. So if you want to take advantage of the consultation by phone or in person, you can call 440 Two three nine twenty ninety. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety, and we will call you back on Monday morning if you leave a message, or you can send an email through the website financialfoodforthought.com. There's a consultation and actually the special is on the, if you click on our special and you can contact us, I get all the emails. So if you send me an email, I will get back to you by Monday morning. And that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Also, as Mark mentioned earlier, the podcasts are also on our website. And I'm working on getting the next classes scheduled, which will probably be in May and June. Um, So stay tuned. You can sign up for the newsletter. And I try to keep people as we get news, um, like we had information on the new Secure Act. If you sign up for the newsletter, you're going to be the first to know on our classes, any changes that Congress passes, um, anything else going on. I try to, you know, we blast those out as soon as information is available to us. Okay, and I want to thank everyone who came out to our class this week. And Carrie, we we implemented the social distancing, you know. Yeah, and we even lysoled the room before. Just well, you know what? Nobody had to sit next to anybody. No, and you know what? It's not even this time of year. It's just even the flu. Yeah, no. So, so yeah, we get that, and you can't be careful enough. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's a wonderful thing about financial planning these days is with the the ability to you know transmit data and through phone calls and emails mm-hmm. and uh, you know FedEx and, yeah and you don't have to have social security numbers or anything on it it just can be numbers and uh, and and you can get progress done you know um mm-hmm. and that's what we continue to do. Yeah, I mean, we really was mentioning that we try to make it easy as possible for people and convenient, especially I notice people who are working at the end of the day or early morning, 
they want to be able to sit at home and be able to talk to us and make progress on their plan. When we meet, it's when it's productive and we actually have a plan. But reviewing all the assumptions and discussions, right. we can do by phone. And I think the the, the ones that came to the class, um, they're, you know, because we've been doing the classes for decades, right? And, and you know, the idea was um, they were a little bit more in tune about, really, maybe I have to build a plan R. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll, t- we've been talking about that a lot on this program for years. And because we just never know when the next economic downturn is going to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the longest bull run is now over. Right. Okay. Um, it's officially dead, you know, 11 years. Um, and That's a lot over. of people thought it was going to be over. Remember in the 2016 oh, election. Yeah. Um, you know how many clients in January, when you're talking about Plan R, called us to build an economic downturn, a loss, and slow growth? Right. So I would say probably, I would say, Kara, I don't know, maybe 95, 97% of the state funding clients have built in, had already built in the economic downturn. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still a few holdouts, you know, who were thinking it was still, you know, four or five years out. Um, and we don't know. I mean, again, as of the recording of this program, we don't know. Is this going to be just a V-shaped? Uh, cor- I mean, it's technically a bear market, right? Because it's a twenty percent decline. Um, you know, off the highs. You know, the closing. You know, decline. Um, so it's happened, but is it going to be? And if we do, and if it does, you know, cause a U.S. recession, you know, is it going to be as you know as bad as what two thousand eight was? You know, or is it going to be more like a, a, a more common recession that you know isn't going to be as extensive as that? Um, so again, Plan R is you know building a, you know a, an alternative economic a, a, a financial planning model that says okay, my Plan A is assuming you know everything goes fine, but just for fun, I'm going to build a Plan R. You know, R could stand for recession or recovery or whatever you want to you resuscitation. Know, resuscitation. I mean. Yeah. Um, the idea is saying, am I still going to be okay? Because what we keep telling people in a weird way, the um, a recession. Um, doesn't necessarily affect your life this year. Now it could, because recessions tend to, you know, lead to layoffs. Mm-hmm. All right, and so it could affect you. But if you're already in retirement, you're not worried about losing your job, anyways, right? Um, so, so it. But the idea it could affect the longevity of your plan. In other words, if you had just built your standard, oh, I'm going to get a, um, you know, I'm building, I'm building my plan based on a uh, a five percent rate of return on investments, or my investment guy says he can get me six. Okay, so uh, that's what I'm basing my plan on. But if you built an economic model going out for the next twenty years with that, never assuming there'll be any economic downturn, well, obviously, if there is an economic downturn, um, you're you're not you're not, you're going to run out of money quicker. Right. The issue is people make knee jerk reactions because they don't if they don't even have Plan A done, they don't even know if they're in the ballpark or not. But let's say they do have Plan A done, but they haven't built a Plan R, then they don't really know is is the economic downturn going to have a large enough effect that they have to adjust their lifestyle, especially if you're still working too, or does it affect your Retirement plans. So, you know, at the estate planning team, um, that's what we've been helping clients um, for the last 35 years is to build custom financial plans um, that gives them or leaves them in a decision making mode. 
All right. Um, and, you know, Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, we're the co-owners of the state planting team right now. And so it, it's something that's not new to us. Matter of fact, Carrie, I don't think we've had one client call in this in this crisis, have we? Not uh, not specifically about this. It's been more of their normal review. I think we've yeah. had actually people saying, hey, I still actually we've had calls where people have maybe got a forced the only thing that forced maybe a retirement that's coming a little bit early. Right. But I've had calls of people saying, hey, can I still buy that second vacation home? Can I still, um, you know, do I need to rethink this or my timetable? But nothing major about panic, panic, yeah. because they've already seen the results and they know that they're going to be OK. Or even if they're not going to be OK, they know how they need to be just or what steps they need to do to take okay to be okay, and that can be huge. Now, I have had a couple of prospects or people coming in for free consultations saying, "Hey, my company, they're not doing so well. They've been worried. Like, I'm gonna might be offered a buyout or a severance package. Do I have to go back to work? If I have to go back to work, how much do I have to earn? Over how long do I have to work? And you know, that's the beauty of planning. We can when you don't know." those answers that's what we do we build financial plans taking into account it to give you those answers and so so we always say the three things that can protect you and your family from the next economic downturn you know uh, i mean there's more than three but i mean just you, you know three that always come to mind is one you know you always got to you know have the discipline to rebalance your portfolio don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay so if you built your plan A and it's working based on a 5% rate of return, okay, you know, ask your investment advisor, um, you know, or if you're doing your investments at home by yourself, well, how much, alloc- what's my allocation in today's, uh, you know, low, slow growth economy that, you know, how much growth, how much fixed, is it 60-40, is it 50-50, what have you, that would generate that 5% rate of return. Now, what happened is, you remember, in 2019, you know, we had a double-digit return in the stock market. So a lot of a lot of uh, portfolios got out of balance mm-hmm. because the growth went up so much, you know, more than what they were planning, and that the fixed may have even gone down with, when, when Fed started cutting interest rates again. So they're out of whack. They're out of allocation. You know, their 50-50 portfolio or their 60-40 portfolio is now five percentage points higher on the growth side. Well, that's it. That's what rebalancing is about. You take, you lock in those gains. Remember, you want to sell stocks high, Gary, right? Right. Buy low, sell high, mm-hmm. buy low. You know, um, and not panic and sell low. And then right. when when the market's all the way back, buy in again. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that. You know that. No, buy low, sell high, right? Um, so if you, it, it, so it's locking in those gains, having the discipline to lock in those gains to get back to your allocation, so you're not taking on more risk to be okay. The second thing, of course, is you want to keep. Make sure you have an adequate cash reserve. All right. So, I, you know, we've been talking about, you know, building up the cash. You know, so before the next economic downturn happens, work on building up your cash reserve. Um, and that's the idea of, you know, what's your spending gap? So, if, you know, if you're in retirement, that's the idea of, you know, you know, if you have your plan A, Bill Carey, we know how much you plan on spending in the mm-hmm. next year, two years, 30 years, but specifically the next year or two. Mm-hmm. OK, so and we also have an idea of what your fixed retirement income is. That would be pensions if you're lucky enough to have one of those. Social could, security. Social security. Or it could be if you annuitize an annuity. You know, you turn one a fixed annuity or something into a uh, your own pension plan. Right. So you got that guaranteed income. 
So the, the gap is the difference between your total expenses and your fixed retirement income. And that shortfall or that gap is what you're saying, well, that is what has to come out of my nest egg in order for you to maintain my lifestyle. Well, the idea is, you know, what you want maybe is your cash reserve to cover 12 months. Some of my clients go 18 months. Of Some clients want to go three years, Carrie. That's, and some people want a, plan, a, not mine. a cushion for even emergency things that they're not planning. Right. And we know how to do that if you don't. Right. So the idea is you've got this cash reserve ready to go in case that, you know, when you want to take that trip to Hawaii or when you are buying the new house or when you have a daughter's wedding or you have to come up with college education right now um, and, you know, the market's tanking and and you don't want to sell your stocks low because, you know, your investment advisor always told you buy uh, low and sell high. He uh, he never told you to sell low. So you're going to listen. So, you know, the idea of having that cash reserve gives you the flexibility to still keep your life going and give your time for your stocks to come back. Meanwhile, you still collect the dividends on those stocks. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people who panic and go to cash and sell all their stocks low also are now out the dividend. And in the low interest rate world, that two, two, the three percent dividend looks pretty good against a right. you know a, a thirty year treasury under two percent. Right. Um, so you know, or your it, savings account of point five or point one zero percent. So you know, it, that's the concept. The third thing that you do is you build your plan R. Okay, and this says, okay, I can't stop it from happening. I'm not smart enough to time the market. I'm not going to be able to get out the day before the crash and and back in right before it goes back up. All right, um, I think that's very hard to do. Um, and so, so you just so the, you realize your plan R is saying, well, I just if I'm worried that this next economic downturn is going to happen in the next two to three years, now we may be saying two to three months. I don't know. What do you think? Um, nobody knows. Um, but the idea is that um, you want to see if when it does happen, okay, are you, are you still good in the longevity? Okay, because now you've told the robot, the robot model in this downturn. And how do you model in the downturn? Well, it depends on how much you have in stocks, right? I mean, you know, if, um, you know, if you're 50% in stocks, and you think there's going to be a 20% decline in the market, maybe you tell the robot you're down 10. Okay. Uh, if you're 60% in stocks and you think it's going to be a 25%, uh, you know, market decline, maybe you you model in 15% decline. And then after the loss or the decline, then you model in a period of recovery. So the next year you may say zero. Okay. Maybe you think it's going to go longer than a year recovery. Um, so you say, okay, well, I think it's going to be zero for the, the first year after the loss. Then maybe the following year we start coming out of the tunnel. Maybe I'm back to two or 3% growth. And then the year after that, I'm back to my normal five. That's, that's just one way of doing it. Um, but then you can see what the, the longevity effect of that is, you know, have, having that kind of, um, now that gets more important carry too, is if that type of decline happens right when you go into retirement. Okay, right, so, it's tougher to swallow um, because, you know, we we call that sequence of returns. Right. And that's what a lot of baby boomers learned that the hard way in the last decade. You know, when we had two, you know, 50 uh, percent drops in the S&P in a 10 year period, you know, in 2000 and again in 2008. 
And so a lot of people realize that when that, you know, when that loss happens right when you go into retirement, i.e. right when you start having your withdrawal need from your nest egg, and now you, you, know, you were assuming that you'd be able to take out you know, the, your 4% rule, um, your 4%, but have you modeled in what happens if you don't have a 5% return that first year? You have a 50% loss. Okay, see, see the robot, we can run those scenarios. So you can get a range of saying, how would that affect my plan if we did have an economic downturn right when I start my retirement? Because that's how unlucky I am. Right. And those are... Those are ways we can help you at the estate planning team. And that's what we do. Try to give peace of mind, help people use opportunities in complicated tax code. And there are opportunities even when there's times of economic uncertainty. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Also, don't forget, I have a special incentive for people to come in and look at these issues or have a consultation by phone, either receive a 10% discount off retainer fees or two bonus hours on our hourly planning options if you schedule and decide to use our services by April 30th of this year. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So let's see if we can put um, put this to the test, Carrie, um, because we all know how well you know financial spreadsheets work on the radio, right? Um, but so from time to time, you know what, we've talked about the 50, 30, 20 rule, Carrie, right? And for those of you that have heard that before, the 50, 30, 20 rule is um, this is a, a, a financial planning model or a financial planning idea that says, okay, how do you put yourself on the road for a good retirement? Because everybody knows that baby boomers didn't do a very good job of that. Right, um, with the lack of um, readiness for retirement for the majority of the baby boomers. Um, and there's a lot of baby boomers. Um, but the idea is, you know, so a lot of times you're saying, well, this, well, Mark, this is good information for my college graduate. You know, if you could get started on the right foot, you know, when you're 24 years old, um, you know, and, and the 50, 30, 20 rule is just saying that, that it breaks down how much earnings you have and then where the money goes to. So the 50%, you know, goes to cover your, you know, what we call your mandatory living expenses. That would be, um, you know, your groceries, your your housing, your automobile, gasoline, your, you know, uh, health insurance, income taxes, things like that. The 30% would go to discretionary spending. That would be entertainment, hobbies, travel, things like that. And then the 20% you save, all right? Um, and if you follow that plan, we've gone over this many times on this show before, you're going to have a great retirement, right? But we know that there's very few percentage of Americans who are saving 20% of their savings, right? Um, so, you know, some people say, now, an old rule was save 10%, carry, right? And they said, you know, always shoot for, uh, save at least 10%, you know, pay yourself first. Well, the 10% is good. Mm-hmm. It's better than zero. Right. 20 is excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but a lot of people say even 10 might not be good enough, that old rule of thumb, because we're living longer than when the 10% you know, uh, recommendation first started, Carrie, right? And we're in a slower growth economy. 
You know, you, you know, we don't have a uh, a thirty year treasury earning five percent. You know, the thirty year treasury is under two. You know, and so so the and you know, just look at your CD rates. You know, they weren't they they're not what they were at one time. So you know, it's your your it's hard for the savers that you know, and so that's why they're saying, well, maybe ten percent doesn't really cut it. Twenty's great. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in the fire movement, Carrie, you know, that's where you want to uh, financially independent, retire early. Right. Okay. You, you just cut out the discretionary side, Carrie. You just 50 on mandatory living expenses and 50 savings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good luck. Yeah, that's tough to I do. I mean, I was going to say. Um, now, but how about 55, 30, 15? Hmm. Okay. Um, would that work? Because a lot of people say the reason why 50 is a little bit low is because housing has gone up so much. Okay, so um, healthcare too, yeah, taxes, maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, so what about fifty-five, thirty, fifteen? Now again, that would still work for the twenty-four-year-old. You know, so, so here are the spreadsheets on the radio because I know everybody loves that. Um, so let's say you have a twenty-four-year-old, let's say uh, married twenty-four-year-old. So let's say, so let's say their combined income is fifty thousand. Okay. All right. Um, that could be one working at a good job. That could be two working at a you know a fifteen dollar an hour job. All right. And let's assume they're going to get a two percent pay increase over their lifetime. Okay. So twenty age twenty four, and let's say they want to retire at their full retirement age currently for Social Security. That'd be sixty seven. So they got forty four years. All right. Um, now so fifty thousand. So fifty five percent. Twenty-seven thousand five hundred goes to their mandatory living expenses. Thirty percent, you know, of fifty—that's fifteen thousand for discretionary, and then they're saving fifteen percent of fifty thousand or seventy-five hundred. And let's assume they can get that five percent of rate of return on their investments. All right. Um, now, so if they follow that and they get a two percent increase, so as they're getting pay increases. Okay, there's more, you know, there's more spending involved, right? That's what they limit. See, see what they what they try to get away from is what we call lifestyle creep, right? The lifestyle creep is the idea that what what we tend to do as humans as as our pay goes up, we tend to increase our lifestyle. You know, and and that's trapping, you know, and 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 that's, you know, and they're saying, you know, that's what is a problem. You know, again, it's back to the idea. If you're not paying yourself first, if you're not limiting to your lifestyle, your discretionary spending going up as you're getting pay increases over your lifetime, you could end up being short, you know, you know, uh, handed. Right. So it's the idea of you got to try to ward off what we call that lifestyle creep and say, you know, the idea is once you've got because you can't just it's hard to just go from zero savings to 15 percent savings, Carrie. Right. Right. Um, so typically you, you're trying to build up the 15 percent. But the idea is once you get to 15 percent savings. Right. Then you increase your lifestyle. If you get further okay. paying, in other words, once you've hit that 15%, but you so, keep that 15% yeah, you going no matter what, yeah, you don't start increasing your lifestyle before you're at the 15% savings. All right. Um, so that's, you know, living beyond, you know, below your means and all that good stuff, um, as opposed to living beyond your means. Um, so anyways, enough preaching about that. So let's back to the 24 year old. So following that plan, they retire at 67. So now it's 67. Uh, their wages are one hundred seventeen thousand. Is that an outrageous thing to assume? It's pretty conservative, right? They start at fifty thousand, and when you know at sixty seven, one hundred seventeen thousand. Do you believe that? Mm. It doesn't seem out of out of line, does it, Carrie? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what their investment portfolio would be at that point? What? $1.6 million. Okay. Now, what is their lifestyle costing at that point? So now, because here's where once they retire, they don't not, no longer have to do the 50% savings, right? Um, so if they maintain that lifestyle, if they were able to live under that lifestyle, that, you know, that, that 85% of their earnings lifestyle, right. okay, when they're 60, uh, when they're 67 year old, that lifestyle is now costing a hundred grand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so the idea is, can they keep that hundred thousand dollar lifestyle going in retirement based on their nest egg of 1.6 million? Okay. All right. And you can see that's not going to be, you don't have to run too many numbers to figure out, yes, they'll be able right. to do that. All right. Um, you know, because again, if you, you know, they could just use the 4% rule at that point. Right. Know? So now they're 67 years old or the 68 is their first year. They got 1.6 million in the nest egg, the 4% withdrawal in year one, that's 66,000. Right. Okay. And they're going to get social security. Mm-hmm. So this type of couple, you know, running the Social Security out, um, you know, depending on how much inflation you think Social Security is going to give you, on the low side about thirty-seven to forty thousand. On the high side, it could be as much as one hundred and thirty thousand. That's why you have to kind of what you what do you think how much Social Security is going to go up over you know your lifetime? But even on the low side, let's say you know they've got um, they've got you know thirty seven thirty eight thousand dollars in Social Security you know for the both of them they got the sixty thousand they're over the hundred thousand. Okay. Okay. Um, so we know even uh, fifty five thirty fifteen would work just fine for the twenty four year old. The question is, would that fifty five 3015 protect the 55 year old who hasn't started saving for retirement yet. Mm. Um, so now, now let's assume that the 55 year old couple, let's say they're now earning 120,000. Okay. And, but they haven't put anything away for uh, retirement yet because they were, you know, they were, they missed starting this and, they had kids to raise, colleges to pay for it, and all that good stuff. All right, but now they kind of empty nesters. They kind of see that they're at their peak earning year, so they're you know they're bringing one hundred twenty thousand. So fifty five percent, you know, they're going to limit their you know living expenses to sixty six thousand. Thirty percent that gives them thirty six thousand for discretionary. Okay. Okay, and fifteen percent savings would be eighteen thousand. So let's say they get the five percent rate of return. Okay, and they want to retire at sixty seven you know, in 13 years. Okay. Hmm. So what is their portfolio going to be? It's going to be about, um, 372,000. So do you think the 372,000 is going to be able to support? I would say no. Because now their, their, because their lifestyle at that point at 67 would be 129,000. Well, I would say just even from healthcare point, because when we take somebody's retirement average life expectancy, that's about what they need. That's even well ballpark well, let, for healthcare costs. But I let's mean. just see. So, what if they? Although the client says, "Well, Mark, what could I afford?" Okay, which is sometimes realistic. Okay. People don't. You know. All right, so we can use the four percent rule and say, "Well, if you are if you're retiring at sixty eight with three hundred seventy three thousand dollars in your nest egg." And let's say you're getting, you know, $60,000 in combined Social Security, okay, using the 4% rule, which is saying a 5% rate of return, 30-year time period, 
take out 4% the first year and then increase that with inflation every year. Okay, the robot's saying your first year withdrawal could be about 15000 so you add these, you know, you know, so the 15,000 plus the 63,000 in social security, you're looking at about 78,000. Okay. Doesn't quite cover the 129,000. Right. So you got it, you know, so there. Now. But at least you know how do I adjust? What do I need to do? Right. So now we could say, well, um what, you know, you could you could run it a different way, Carrie. And say, um, well, what would, um, how could I work out the numbers? In other words, you could say, well, Mark, if 5% rate of return doesn't work, what rate of return would I need on my investments under that scenario? Okay. Okay. Because we know five was a little bit short, right? Right. Well, okay. Can you do that math in your head, Carrie? No. I'm going to save because we're running out of time. Um, you would need a 24.7% return. Mm, that realistic? Mm. No. Um, that might not work very well, right? Um, now, um, but you could, you could also look at it a couple different ways. Um, what happens, um, you could say, well, Mark, obviously I can't get a 24% rate of return, but my guy, my investment guy says I can get 6% rate of return. Okay. So if we now say, let's assume you're going to get a 6% rate of return when you start your 55, 30, 15 plan. So then we're saying, well, 15% savings ain't going to do it. No. So how much percentage savings would you have to do? Can you do that math in your head? No. Okay, I'm going to save you the time. Okay. The answer is 34%. So you would have to adjust the rule. More than double. Okay, and say, well, maybe I'm back to, you know, 50% daily living expenses maybe 16% discretionary, and I got to save 34%. But at least you're on, you have a, a, a way to measure what you would need to do. All right? Um, now, um, so, and you could go, you could go even further, Carrie. So what happens, though, what happens if you have an economic downturn during this time period? Ouch. Okay. Um, now, um, now you could run it two ways. You could say, what happens if the economic downturn happens right now when I'm at 55 years old? Or you could say, what happens if the economic downturns happen in the first year of my retirement? All right. Either one is going to adjust those numbers to the worse, right? Um, so, so now, um, now if it, if it happens right now, it's not so bad. So let's say, you know, at 55, you start your, you, your 60-40 allocation, you, and your investment person says they can get you 6%. But what happens if we have a 20% loss in year one, then let's say a 0% gain, and then the following year a 3% gain, and then the following year they're back to their 6 ongoing? Okay. Okay. Um, and you wanted to still, you know, come up with that, you know, once you then, you know, retire. So now... At a 6% rate of return, at that 34% savings rate, you'd still need 34% savings rate. Okay. But that would protect you still. You'd have 871000 in your portfolio at 67, which would generate, you know, 4% rule, you know, 35000 plus your 63-some thousand in uh, Social Security. You're back at your 100000 Okay. Um, 
It's a little bit worse, though, Carrie, is if you got the 6% rate of return for the next 13 years, but then in your first year of retirement, when you shut the savings off and you start the withdrawal, the economic downturn happens. Hmm. Okay, so now we ran, uh, 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 just to kind of show you how that effect would be, so now we tell the robot, you know, and even if, Carrie, if you were planning with your investment advisor to get less risky when you go into retirement, okay. like maybe you were going to reduce that 60-40 portfolio down to a 50-50. Okay. So now, though, you let's say you make that. So now you're still running your 30-year retirement plan based on a 5% rate of return, no longer six, right? Um, because you have withdrawal need and you're not contributing to it. And, though, you're also now modeling in an economic downturn. Now, maybe it'll be a little less severe because you took some of the risk off the table. So maybe instead of a 20% loss in year one, you're only going to assume a 15% loss. Okay. And then zero, and then maybe two and a half, and then 5% ongoing. Okay. So now you would have to go back, and what would your savings rate have to be now? 38%. That's, so, that might be tough. That may be tough if if the fifty five year old hasn't started saving anything yet, and you know want to go through there. But so it's just the I know that's a lot of numbers, but it's just it's just the idea that this when we run these analysis for our clients and we lay them out on the table, you start to, it's it helps you understand the risks and the spreads, and and it it helps you in a decision making mode. Now, I just went over a few illustrations. You, uh, clients could think of 10 more they may want to see. Right. You know, and, and playing those adjustments. Well, what happens if I, you know, work a little longer? Or what happens if I, well, if I have to cut my discretionary spending, where am I going to start cutting? You know, that's the real bulk of the plan. But right. you need something to get you in a decision-making right. mode. Right. It's customizing those variables to what's important to you. And that's what planning is about and giving you clarity on what action steps and what decisions you need to make based on your goals, your financial life, and what's important to you. Um, you can call the estate planning team for a free no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person. Uh, we've been helping people in the greater Cleveland area now more than 35 years through unbiased objective advice. Remember, we're a fee-based fiduciary um, Ohio registered planner, and we're running a special incentive for people to take the time to look at these issues, even in these times when you're worried and you don't know what you can do, we we can help. Um, you If you schedule a free consultation and decide to use our services by April 10th or by April 30th, you'll get a 10% discount off retainer fees or two bonus hours on hourly planning options. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. I can see it still. It's soft and craggy bogland. All right, we got a few minutes. Tall, majestic hills. Well, I think it's going to be a quiet St. Patrick's today around mm-hmm. the U.S. Um, cruise ships have stopped sailing. Yeah. Uh, When's your son coming back? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Last last uh, snapshot I saw him, he was somewhere in Costa Rica. Okay. Um, hopefully they'll let him, you know, come back. So as I said last week, kind of half jokingly that you know march madness was going to begin and i wasn't talking about the basketball championship which now of course they're I, will the basketball championship just be canceled 
I think it just depends. I mean, we just, I don't know. Okay. I mean, everything uh, that even, I don't know. Um, but, you know, what I was talking about, March Madness, is tax season. Well, little did I know how mad the tax season is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because now we might not have an April 15th deadline. Um, by the time you hear this program, it might have already been decided. But, you know, but, you know, but we'll talk about that in the upcoming weeks, you know, how you get prepared um, for tax season. And, you know, here it's interesting. <laughs> a lot of people do their own tax return. A lot of people ask me, you know, clients ask me, Mark, which is the best tax off out there? Well, you know, I don't know, but there was a study done. Okay. And you know what, you know what one that got very high ratings for, uh, for the free tax service? Credit Karma. I didn't even know Credit Karma did taxes. Well, I, they have, I guess, I one of the of free H&R, ones. I would think of H&R, TurboTax. Yeah, well, those are, but this was, I guess, a free one. I don't know. I've never I know, looked at it. I know H&R Block but, has a free, simple but one. But I think Intuit listened or saw that, you know, thing, yeah. because guess who just went out and bought Credit Karma? Intuit, who owns okay. TurboTax. They just went and bought them. <laughs> as, soon as, they, well, as soon as Credit Karma got a higher rating for the free tax service than TurboTax, TurboTax just decided to buy them. Oh, there we go. Um, that's way to increase sales, right? Um, now, but Credit Karma did an interesting study, Carrie. So they, uh, the half of the respondents that they you know, queried, they asked them about their tax refunds. Okay. Um, and do you understand? Do you, half of them, Carrie, was under the belief that tax refunds was not the IRS returning them their own money. It was the government giving them money. What? Well, that's what we always say. Don't get it. Like, we'd rather not our clients get a big refund. It's your money that you're giving the government that interest-free loan. How did half of people? Well, I guess, yeah. That's because we get rid of some of these personal finance classes in high school, and we don't require that in college. Yeah. I I just hope all (laughs) our listeners understand that when you get a refund, it's your own money. It's not money from the government. It's your money. You chose to give it to the government. They didn't have to give it to them. They're giving it to you back with no interest. In a low interest world, it still matters. Okay. Uh, well, hopefully, we'll all be back next week. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.